0: It is my pleasure now to welcome back to the show Eduardo Garcia. He joins us today from the state capitol as our 56th district assembly member. We are going to try and catch up um, every so often to get the inside track on what our lawmakers are up to. And today the governor put his John Hancock on a multi-billion dollar education package Good afternoon, Eduardo. Six and a half billion dollars sounds like a pretty substantial commitment to getting kids back into the classrooms. And uh, can you maybe bring us up to speed and let us know exactly what the plan is? And, And do you have confidence personally that it is safe enough to return students to in classroom learning at this point?
1: Well, look, I have a six-year-old, I have two 17-year-olds, and they're anxious to go back to school. But if and when the conditions of the county and the COVID-19 rates uh, continue to look uh, favorable for both schools to open and the economies to open. But to your question, after months of uh, debate, discussion, uh, negotiations with a number of stakeholders, um, there is a budget package that was approved. billion is what uh, the number is you've mentioned. It's divided into two sections. Uh, The first one is approximately 4.5 billion and the remainder is the 2 billion that focuses uh, specifically on making sure that uh, the majority of the money goes to expanded learning opportunity grants for our agencies, our school districts with an equity-based local control funding formula approach. Uh, We're also making sure that the 2 billion is for purposes of in-person instruction, uh, safety precaution measures, investments into the protection equipment, ventilation systems at our schools, uh, COVID-19 testing. And uh, clearly, in order for us to successfully uh, do all this, uh, the 10% of vaccines uh, as of today uh, will be focused on our educators and all of the supporting staff that helps us uh, operate our schools day in and day out. Uh, When it's all said and done, Uh, Those are the conditions uh, that uh, have been approved. And clearly the local school districts will have final say uh, whether or not to go back to the classroom, uh, given the circumstances of uh, county county public health data.
0: Are you concerned at all about these actions that certain parents and uh, student groups have taken in terms of filing lawsuits, even for being able to go back to playing sports uh, in in the wake of this health crisis. I mean, I know that it can't be easy to be a leader today. It, it comes with the hard decisions that have to be made for the general public health. W- what do you say to people who are anxious to, you know, sue the state or sue a school district or whatever to get their kids back onto uh, – Learning at, at a school building or onto the gridiron for that matter?
1: Look, I know parents from the Desert Hot Springs all the way down to the North Shore communities, Palo Verde, and down to the border of Calexico, they want to see um, their students go back to the classroom, uh, student athletes to be back on, you know, on track and performing uh, those activities. But I also know that there are parents that are putting the health and well-being of their children uh, front and center. The lawsuits will play out in the courts however they play out, but I think what we have here today is a pathway to ensuring students return a- in a safe manner and of course protecting our teachers and all of the supporting staff members. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we've all been, you know, anxious to see this happen and all centered around, you know, vaccination access. And I'm excited that we also are moving in a direction of 40% of vaccines coming to California will be going to locations of the state that have been hit the hardest with essential workers, you know, clearly have both uh, continued to work from day one of the pandemic to present time, but that have also been impacted by COVID-19 and health circumstances. So 40% of the vaccines going to this area, 10%. Uh, Focused on our educators, will allow us to safely return to school and not to mention begin opening up uh, sec- sectors of our economy, which also is extremely important. You know, today we wrote a letter in support of our tourism economy of the Coachella Valley to make sure that there is a blueprint um, of how we begin to integrate, you know, the tourism economy, opening up some of the activities that happen there. And, uh, well, you know, the vaccine Supply uh, coming in in larger amounts is really the beginning of those efforts.
0: Sure. Um, We are learning today that 10 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccines have been dispersed statewide. Uh, But we are also hearing that they have yet to see uh, a fully equitable distribution. I am actually confused myself hearing about healthy 20-somethings in Los Angeles getting their vaccinations but this late 50s with vulnerabilities like diabetes, talk show host is still waiting for Riverside County health officials to get through the 65 plus group. And let me be clear, uh, I am all too willing to be patient, to wait my t- turn. I'm not, I'm not asking to jump the line. Uh, I just, I want everyone to get their immunizations. But can't we come up with a system that works the same statewide and where... It's not changing the rules of the game every ten minutes because that's what it has felt like since the vaccines began.
1: Well, you're not wrong. Uh, the fact is is that uh, the uh, rollout of the vaccines um, were based on information provided by the federal government, where it said 65 year olds were the most vulnerable populations and set the standard for how we began that process. Clearly, that missed a tremendous amount of zip codes in communities like those in our district. I mentioned Desert Hot Springs all the way down to the border where you have uh, individuals who have underlying health conditions that have become that much more susceptible to getting COVID-19 and in some cases, you know, fatally, you know, taking their lives. The fact is is that as of this week, the announcement of 40% of those vaccines coming to California will be going to these zip codes. And uh, that's what we've been advocating for a much more, proportional distribution and I know that other members uh, and leaders of our uh, community everything from the congressman to our supervisor have been advocating for a much more equitable uh, distribution and there and it's coming I'll give you an example in Imperial County this week the announcement is that we're getting 8,500 vaccines in comparison to uh, 2,500 3,500 over the course of the last weeks clearly that's where we're going and uh, I'm glad that uh, it's going to change things around very quickly
0: yeah that's good news um, we have heard a lot about uh, possible 19 billion dollar unanticipated revenue net by the state from capital gains taxes. Uh, the wealthy have been paying their tax bills, and as a result, uh, we I think recently heard that there was at least 10 or 11 billion uh, more than had been anticipated, and that they anticipate by July 19 billion dollars will be collected. Uh, as a result, you and your colleagues there have been able to get behind some economic relief for California low-wage earners and small businesses. What is the latest on these in-state COVID relief packages?
1: Yeah, look, we're a total of $9.6, uh, $9.7 uh, $9. billion uh, that is, has been approved to help our small businesses, help those uh, who have continued to work der- during COVID-19 who were uneligible for uh, federal government uh, stimulus checks and uh, that's been approved. Some people will be receiving up to $1,200 if they qualify for the California Earned Income Tax Credit Program and uh, those who also file taxes with an ITIN number. In fact, those are workers, essential workers today working in the hospitality industry, in our restaurants, in our farms uh, that are here working day in and day out. So it's exciting to also see that close to $2.6 billion as a whole will be going towards our small businesses and helping them get back on track to economic recovery and, in some cases, helping those businesses that closed down reopen. Um, we're excited to see also some of the other efforts that the governor has put forward, which is waiving license fees, state license fees for those um, types of businesses that have been shut down the majority of this pandemic. Hair salons, barbershops, nail salons, all of those types of uh, businesses, including our bar restaurants who own uh, a liquor license, will also get an extension of those types of fees. So we're, we're doing what we should be doing with those unexpected revenues that have come in, putting them back Californians who have been hit hard by this pandemic and are suffering the economic consequences of it. So the more money we get and we appreciate those that are paying their fair share of taxes, we are committed to putting it back into the community. In fact, you know, emergency relief dollars for community college students has also been put forward. Um, I'm excited to also say that some of the things that we've advocated both on the small business side but also on the housing aspects of helping our farm workers and other essential workers isolate themselves during the time of COVID-19. So some of our housing programs have also received some money in the range of about $24 million. In total, $9.6 billion isn't a drop in the bucket, but it's coming from the third uh, dollars that have come from uh, those high earners in California.
0: If the governor is removed from office through a recall effort, that doesn't necessarily mean that a Republican ascends to that office. Why doesn't the lieutenant governor take over if that were the case?
1: John, that's an excellent question, and I'll just start with saying that we know that uh, 1.9 million signatures, I believe, have been submitted for review to make uh, a recall effort eligible. Uh, we also know that uh, you know people in California are seeing... Uh, the efforts that are underway to open up the economy uh, in a safe and responsible manner. Uh, People in California are seeing how we are beginning to uh, really utilize these dollars that are coming into the state uh, for purposes of uh, supporting our small businesses, our schools, and the fact that the federal government now is uh, providing uh, more resources when it comes to all of that support along with vaccinations I think that when it's all said and done, whether there's a question of a recall or not, I think the governor will prevail. Look, one of the other statistics that we're very clear on is that California has lost 50,000 uh, uh, people, right? And uh, the fact of the matter is is that we will never know how many lives were saved uh, due to the uh, governor's diligent and responsible uh, actions early on during the pandemic when we were being told by the federal government and the uh, president uh, that was in office in the White House um, uh, that this was going to go away, that this was just like a flu that uh, um, during summertime, it right. was being changed. So the fact is, is that we'll never know how many lives were saved um, to your question specifically, you know, I wholeheartedly stand with the governor and the work that he's doing and will continue to support him. When the, uh, question of a recall is presented, if in fact it is eligible on the ballot, uh, what we'll see is two questions. One is, uh, one, do you support recalling Gavin Newsom? And then the second is if you do support it, um, which I believe the no, uh, you know, campaign will set- definitely, uh, prevail. But the second question will be, um, if uh, who do you want to be the governor in replacement of Gavin Newsom? And I I honestly believe that Democrats uh, statewide will stand with the governor. I will stand with the governor and support uh, the work that he's doing and the work that needs to continue to be done. People need to recognize that the recall effort of Gavin Newsom began, ironically, with the subject of vaccinations. People who did not want children at public schools to be vaccinated Um, to begin with. And so we're talking about vaccines and recall Gavin Newsom. We're talking about how he's handled this, uh, uh, whether it be the rollout of the vaccines or the shutdown of the economy to protect people's lives. Um, And that is the question at hand. But as I said, you know, we'll stand tall and um, firm with the governor's decisions. Uh, Clearly, uh, the rollout of uh, this pandemic that no one expected uh, was never, never, you know, uh, set up and uh, dealt with in any perfect manner but we've done everything that we can to save lives and at the same time today in the position that we find ourselves in and that is to support you know our families in California the working essential you know uh, population that hasn't stopped working our small businesses uh, that need our assistance uh, and keeping them safe and healthy is really the primary focus of this so 50,000 lives have been lost but uh, we'll never know how many were saved Uh, Due to the steadfast actions of Governor Newsom, and that's exactly and and when you look
0: at California, which is the fifth largest economy in the world, we're really uh, at we're really a nation state. And if you think about how we kept the nation of California uh, to that number, uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Of course, every life that's been lost is a tragedy. But um, I really appreciate that you were able to take some time and talk with us uh, about these things. We'd love to have you come back soon. Um, Anything else? We've only got about a minute and a half here before we've got to jump out to the news break. But uh, anything else that you'd like to make sure that we know about that's been going on up there?
1: Well, look, we're excited to see that uh, our region uh, and our district as a whole will see an influx of vaccines that will allow us Uh, to truly open up our economy, send our children back to school in a safe uh, and incremental, uh, responsible manner, and at the end of the day, really begin to turn around um, the circumstances. The COVID-19, you know, threat is still in front of us. It's not gone away. We have to continue to be mindful of that and really take all precautions necessary, uh, as I will when I jump on a plane in in a few of masks, gloves, um, you know try to stay distance from folks that are not part of your immediate circle and at the end of the day um, that's the work that's before us you said it earlier it isn't an easy time to be in an elected office and i just want to recognize all the work from uh, you know the elected officials in desert hot springs Cathedral city all the way down to the border and Blythe. that uh, we recognize that this hasn't been a, a real easy time to lead but uh, collectively we're doing everything that we can to ensure that uh, californians and californians in our region are safe and healthy
0: that's really awesome. I appreciate you coming on and talking with us about it. We'll catch up with you again maybe in another, another uh, two, three weeks. And until then, I hope you are dressed in short sleeves today when you get on that plane because it's still 81 degrees here in the Coachella Valley. I hope that you enjoy your weekend and, and get to take in some good sunshine.
1: Thank you again for the invitation.
0: That is Eduardo Garcia, the 56th Assembly member, joining us on The John McMullen Show, and we will continue with more after this update from NBC News.